I tell you, I've been blessed with the opportunity to be able to speak quite often in front of folks, but nothing is more humbling and uh, overwhelming, I guess, than the opportunity to preach the word. Um, there's just something that, there's a high level of responsibility when it comes to that, and I take it very, very seriously. And so, I had three messages I went through this past week and a half or two weeks, and we ended on the third one, okay? Um, that just kind of happens sometimes. You're not sure exactly what direction to go, and you pray about it, and you're like, oh, this is the direction to go. So you build on it a little bit, and then, uh, then you sleep, you wake up, you're like, oh, wait a second. This is the direction to go. And then you work on it, and you sleep on it a little bit, and then you go to sleep, and you wake up, and you finally get about the third direction you're supposed to go, and that usually is the one to go. So, um, but I'm really excited to share with you all uh, today, and um, God has been really uh, blessing Holly and I, giving us opportunity to just kind of be all over the country and just continue to expand the kingdom. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I thought about this, that for every earthly thing that God has called you to do, there is a kingdom purpose behind it. And, um, and God, in many ways, you know, when I, when I grew up, I thought I was going to be in traditional ministry. Um, I went to seminary, and I was studying to be a pastor. I worked as a youth pastor for like six or seven years. And I was like, okay, this is the direction that I'm going to go. I was kind of groomed by my parents to be a, a preacher boy. And, um, and then God's like, nope, I want you to expand the kingdom through business. And at first, that was really challenging for me. I've got to be honest with you. It was kind of a, 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 a total a total uh, left turn, and um, obviously it was very hard on mom and dad at first as well, but um, there's, ultimately, it's all about obedience, and uh, God even shares in his word that, you know, oftentimes his ways aren't going to be our ways, and his thoughts aren't always going to be our thoughts, and, um, you know, sometimes this is idea that, you know, true commitment or Full obedience is when you're called to a traditional ministry or if you're called overseas or called that. But ultimately, we are the ambassadors for Christ in every area of life that we might have been called. And it is God's um, plan that we continue to spread the, you know, the good news, the message of Christ um, to anyone, everywhere and anywhere. We all have the opportunity to be kingdom builders, whatever it is that called, God may have called us to do. And so when I get these opportunities to preach, they're pretty exciting. But i got to be honest with you, I'm not very good at it. All right, so y'all just bear with me, okay? Um, I always tell Holly, I, you know, again, you're, you're talking about business and things like that all the time, and all of a sudden you have to preach, and I'm like, okay, you got to reset the brain a little bit, all right? But... Uh, so y'all just bear with me, and, and uh, we're going to have some fun today. And what I did is, uh, first of all, i got to say, Mice, and he just walked by. That guy can play the piano. Jeez. That was good stuff. Mice, if you can hear us, buddy, congratulations. Well done. Um, he was just up there. He was, he was flowing. Yeah, that's right. That's right, right here. Good job, man. That was great. Give it all. That's awesome. That guy's got so many gifts. He can play the piano. He can play basketball. I mean, he can do it all. It's good stuff. Um, but so, so what I did today is, is that I actually invited a guest speaker in for me. 
So pastor's like, hey, I would like you to preach. I'm like, great. And uh, so then I'm thinking, well, what I could do is I could just invite somebody else to preach. And uh, so what I did, has anybody heard of this guy named Paul? Paul in the Bible, right? He was, okay, he was an apostle. He was a church builder. This guy lived the ultimate Christian life. If there's like a, uh, a, 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 a Michael Jordan tier level of ministry, this guy Paul was Michael Jordan level tier ministry. Uh, this dude had been shipwrecked. This guy had been to prison. Um, we think that we live a tough Christian life uh, because the coffee pot won't work. You know, when we start rebuking the coffee pot and casting demons out of the coffee pot, but Paul, his, his ministry, let, I mean, he was, it, it ultimately led to him being beaten and it led to him being imprisoned. Um, you talk about the real OG uh, following Christ. Paul was one of those men. And, um, and so I, I ran, you know, I gave him a quick call, all right, and uh, didn't get a hold of him. Come to find out, Paul is currently in prison. Right? Now, think about that for a second. You know, there may be a day where that might be a real conversation. Where we're talking about our pastor, where we're talking about our leadership, and how, you know, he's not able to be here today because he's in prison. What are we going to do? You know, it's real easy to be Christian when it's acceptable. But where it's really going to matter, it's when it's not. That's when it's most important that we stand on his holy word and that we stand on truth and that we be a light in the darkness. So Paul currently is in prison. And, uh, but what Paul did is that he wrote us a letter. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the letter that came from Paul. Now, I've read through this letter already before everybody panics. It just takes about 20 minutes to get through this letter. Sound good? Like I said, Paul's going to be doing the preaching for us today. Okay, fair? The OG. Okay? Um, the guy that really knows what it's all about. Um, and, and it was inspired by God to write pieces of Scripture that we read today, that we stand on today. And so we could, either, you know, I was really praying about it and I thought, okay, what does Lou have to say? You know, uh, what is it that God wants to convey through Lewis? And, and what he wanted me to do today was he wanted me to just speak for Paul. He said, I would like, I gave holy inspiration to Paul. I would like you to share that holy inspiration to the congregation today. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to hear from Paul. He wrote us a letter. I'm going to read this letter to you. And uh, now, Paul, obviously, when he originally wrote it, was in... Uh, Greek. I did you a favor. I'm not going to read it in Greek. All right. Um, I also did you another favor. I'm not going to read it in King James Version, which is almost Greek. I know now most of us were all raised on King James, right? It's a good thing this isn't recorded. If my dad heard I was reading any other version, he'd be thoroughly disappointed. All right. So that's just the way I was raised. That was I was raised a hardcore independent Baptist, which I'm thankful for, but boy, was it hardcore. All right, so 
Um, there were just certain things that you, you could not do, and reading another version was one of them. So, but, so if you get a little bit lost, if you want to follow along, most of us have some form of technology, right? And I'm going to actually read it from the Passion Translation. All right, I think there's going to be a certain segment in there I may read from the King James. Um, just because the King James knows how to, how to bring it sometimes, right? But um, I just really wanted to make sure that all of us could really pull from the message that Paul is bringing us today. And, uh, and so I decided to read from the Passion Translation. It was funny because I woke up and the Lord led me to this verse, and it was in the last book of Ephesians. Okay, there's six chapters in Ephesians, and it was in the last book of Ephesians. And then as I read the verse, you know, I'm all about context. And you have to remember that when it comes to Scripture, it's not so, you, you don't want, you can't just grab a verse here and grab a verse there. It's about context. What is the ultimate message that's being conveyed or that's being said? So context is very important. And so as I began to uh, go back to the beginning of the chapter and read the chapter, I was like, wow, that's good. So let's go to chapter 5. And I read through chapter 5. I was like, oh, wow, that's good. So then I went back. I went all the way to back to chapter 1, and I was like, the Lord said, okay, I want you to just read this whole book. And I said, Lord, we don't do that in church. We usually have a good story, a poem, you know, maybe end with a song. Um, if you've got a special gift, like being able to play the flute or something, you wrap up with that. Um, but, uh, but then, I mean... Think about this. Back in the day, so there's a church in Ephesus, and they were given a letter by Paul, as if we just got a letter from Jimmy. They got a letter from Paul. And so they did, for their sermon that day, they read this update or this message from Paul. So I thought if they could do it thousands of years ago, we could probably still do it today. Right? Everybody pretty good with that? Um, I, I, we may not have a good joke in the middle of it. Paul doesn't really have too much of a sense of humor, it would seem. Um, but, the, uh, but I think that the message is so applicable to today. It still boggles my mind sometimes when you read the Word and how it was written thousands of years ago, but yet it's so applicable to today. I mean, it's almost as if humanity really doesn't change a whole lot. Right? They're, what they were dealing with back then, we deal with today. And what we deal with 100 years ago, we deal with today. And that's why it's encouraging that for we as believers, we don't have to live by the, uh, by the drama or by the fear or by all of these things that society brings. We get to stand on the truth of the Word of God. The Lord says that, that for those that aren't in truth, that they are tossed to and fro or back and forth like a tree in the wind. But for those of us that have the word of God, he said it's like building your house on a rock. Then when the storms come or when society goes crazy or circumstances start to happen and inflation starts to happen, all this other kind of stuff gets to happen, we as believers don't have to live in the fear realm. We don't have to live in the discouragement realm. We don't have to live in the anxiety realm. We get to live in the truth realm. Where those that don't know the word don't have that privilege. They don't have that opportunity. And that's why it's so important that we're more in the book than Facebook and more in God's news than the world's news because that is us building and continuing to develop the foundation on God's word, on God's truth, 
on the rock, which gives us peace, which gives us joy, which gives us purpose, which gives us hope. The world isn't going to give us any of these things. The only thing that provides these things is Christ. And you can see it in Paul. You can't really have a worse circumstance than what Paul was living in, which was chained in some prison somewhere, and yet he's still standing, what? On the truth of the Word of God. His message was not, woe is me. His message was, the goodness of God. And as we have moments and seasons of our life where we feel like we want to reflect and make it all about us, we get caught up in our feelings and our emotions, and we have own me or, or woe is me moments, we have, it's at those times we have to remember we have the goodness of God on our side. The battle has already been won 2,000 years ago on Calvary, and now we are just walking that out. We as believers get to stand on truth. He calls us more than conquerors through Christ who saved us. We're not more than conquerors because of our political affiliation. We're not more than conquerors because of our bank accounts. We're not more than conquerors because of our status or where we were born or where we lived. We're more than conquerors because of Christ. Are we reminding ourselves of the DNA and the mindset and the culture of kingdom-mindedness? That's where trust is. That's where faith is. That's where grace is. That's where joy is. That's where peace is. That's where victory is. Is in a kingdom mindedness. And so as we're reading Paul, he really gives us, he really goes through all of that. He goes through how to, how to manage challenges. He goes through when things get tough, what, the, what a Christian's response ought to be. He goes through, um, you know, all of those different, those different factors through the word. And so I was just reading through it. I'm like, he covers everything right here in the book of Ephesians. And we need to just go ahead and be reminded of these truths. And I could sit here and talk about them. Or again, we could just let the OG talk about them, which is Paul. Sound fair? All right, fantastic. Is this water? I think it's oh, fan terrific. I'm getting parched. Give me one sec. I get fired up. Good news, so when I was being raised, when I was being like, as a child, my mom used to always call me a bull in a china cabinet. No, I didn't always know what that meant, but as a kid, I guess that just means high energy. Um, but I just say that that's just un unbridled, unchanneled passion, right? So if you've got a kid that's a little bit wild, it's going to be all right. Uh, they're they're going to be a good warrior for the kingdom and uh, a good impact player on, on God's team. So hang tight. He might be going bonkers right now. She might be going bonkers right now. But uh, his the word says that his word will not return void. And, and the older I get and the more that I see young people coming back to the truth, reminds me of the power of the seed of the word of God and there's going to be seasons where sometimes that seed was planted when they were two or three or four or five or all the way through high school and all of a sudden they go bonkers for a moment right there's not really any way to explain it other than that but just know that that seed will not return void and that there will be a a return to the truth and so uh don't grow weary in well-doing uh and let's just trust God's word how about that so a little bit about Ephesians real quick before I jump into it. 
Again, I'm going to be reading through the passage translation. If you want to follow along, go ahead and do it that way. Um, and if you just want to listen, that's fine as well, okay? But he said, what about uh, what you are about to read is meant to be taught to every church. It is the constitution of our faith, the great summary description of all that is precious and esteemed in Christian doctrine and Christian living. Paul firmly plants the cornerstone of our faith in this powerful letter, cementing in its few pages the position and authority of the church over every other force. That's the power of the church. In it, Paul brings before every believer the mystery of the glory of Christ. And you're like, what chapter are you in? I haven't started yet. That was like a, that was an introduction. Okay, is everybody ready now? <laughs> Some of you are like, what? Where, where's he at? Let's jump in. Dear friends, my name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers. That's you and I. Who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. May God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you and impart total well-being into your lives. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from a wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. And in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. You were chosen before the foundation of the universe. Before you were born, God knew you were coming. Before you were known, before you were born, God knew you were coming. God has a plan for your life. You're not a mistake. For the foundation, because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Wow. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. This superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us, the hidden mystery of his long-range plan. Right? Sometimes we can't see five steps in front of us but know that God's got a long-range plan. Through every period of time until the fulfillment of the ages finally reaches its climax, when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Jesus Christ. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were born, he gave us our destiny. Before we were born, that's why it's very important that people be born given our destiny, that we would fulfill the plan of God because in every human, in every birth, there's a plan. 
When we eliminate the individual, we eliminate a part of God's plan. We are before him, and he gave us destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. God's purpose that we Jews, who were the first to long for the Masonic hope, would be the first to believe in the anointed one and bring great praise and glory to God. And because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, we weren't Jews, by the way, most of us. Anybody here actually a Jew? Okay, none of us. This is, per- this is for all of us. Fantastic. All right. That Jews who were the first to long, uh, and because of him, when who, you who were not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring, as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope, promise of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom and for the supreme glory and honor of God. Because of this, since I had first heard about your strong faith in the Lord, Jesus Christ, and your tender love toward all of his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. How do we deepen that intimacy? Through his word. Through his word. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. That is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Hallelujah. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth, and that which, w- and that which fills him who is being filled by it. We walk in the authority of Jesus here on the earth. And his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us unto the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. 
he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness. Wow. That's why it's so important that we are separate from the world. Separate from the world. So that through the coming ages, we will be able to visible display of the infinite riches of the grace and kindness which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you are saved through faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation for it was the gift, the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. You can't work for this salvation. There's not enough goodwill in you to make this salvation, this rebirth happen in your life. It only happens one way, and that is through Christ. For by grace you save through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Sometimes that King James still slips out, you know, the verses just sometimes work a little bit better. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. We have become his poetry. You're on purpose. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. When? Even before we were born. So don't forget that you were not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hand. So remember what he's saying is don't forget that we were born in sin. And you had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. You were without the covenant and prophetic promise of the Messiah, the promised hope, and without God. Yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. A reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice and separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Nothing will bring humanity and God's children together better and, and, than God himself. More, this is more of an opportunity than ever not to look to the world systems of unity, but to look to God's systems of unity which only happens through his son. God doesn't, people don't need another program. People, doesn't need, people don't need another form of government. What people need is the gospel. What people need is the good news of Jesus Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His trio, in essence, has been peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity. Amen. Jews and non-Jews fused together in himself. Glory to God. Two have now become one, and we have lived restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through his crucifixion, hatred has died. 
For the Messiah has come to preach this sweet message of peace to you, the ones who are distant and to those who are near. And now because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. I think about this word where it says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That wasn't written to a certain type of people. That wasn't written to a certain sect of people. That wasn't written to a certain person lived on the right side of the tracks. That was written to every believer. All things are possible through Christ who gives us strength. All things. But through who? Christ. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Nobody can take that away from us as believers. The question is, is will we live in it? You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives have been built up together upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets, and best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction, is continually growing, under his supervision, until it rises up and completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you, each one of us, into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Always a work in project, always in a work in progress. God's not looking for perfection, but God is looking for progress. Are we growing and developing as believers? You know, when I think about RLC and what God has already done here in the church, I think and reminded constantly that the job is not done. And that we have an opportunity here to bring more people in to hear the good news. You know, sometimes when we hear good preaching, like Pastor Jimmy, we have a tendency to really start to take that preaching for granted. Now, I will say this. I think that there's many of you that should be able to take Pastor Jimmy's preaching for a lot less granted because... Felt like I was a countertop builder for a second, but a lot less granite. That's all I can think of, okay? Because we've come from places where maybe the, the word of God wasn't preached, or there wasn't authority, or there wasn't standing on scripture. Well, it's really important that we let people know, hey, there is a place where there is good news preached, where there is standing on the word of God, and that you're not, you're gonna, you're not gonna come in and get your movie theater message, but you're gonna come in and you're going to get fed. More and more folks are looking for places to get fed. You've got so many believers that are anemic out there. Beloved friends, I'm going to jump ahead here to verse 5. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of his glorious and divine ministry until now. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Here's the secret. The gospel of grace has been made, has made you, non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And you have now become members of his body, one with the anointed one. I have been made a messenger of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me. Even though I am the least significant of all his holy believers. <laughs> Isn't that funny? When I was reading, Paul's like, I, I am like the lowest tier of, of, of all Jesus' soldiers. 
but God has given me the opportunity to share this message. And I had to do a self-check. I was like, if he's the lowest here, where am I? Right? I mean, if, he's, if Paul's the lowest, if he considers himself the lowest tier believer, where am I? Goodness, that is so funny that he put that in there. I, I think that is hilarious. This grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. So it wasn't about the power of Paul. It wasn't his ability to speak. It wasn't his ability to lead. It wasn't, what was it that gave him the authority and the power to do so? It was the grace gift that was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach the wonderful message to non-Jewish people, sharing with them the unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. I'm going to jump down to verse 14. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with this divine might and explosive power. Boy, what a desire. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Boy, isn't that a way to live? That his love will become the very source and root of our lives. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and exclusive it is. Inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into our pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Like we talked about, sounds like a good cure for fear, for anxiety, for doubt, for depression. Digging deep into the word of, uh, 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 the word of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. And he will outdo them all for, this, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will be manifest through his time and eternity. Amen. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you. Now, there's a lot of what God provides in relationship with him. Okay, but there is, a, there is an aspect on our side about how we dig into that love and are filled with that love, and he's about to touch into it here on chapter four. A lot of us, again, we want drive-through Christianity. We want the happy meal without the relationships, but the reality is, is that the happy meal only comes with relationship in Christ. Sometimes that takes work, sometimes that takes effort, sometimes that takes patience, and I will say for sure, it absolutely takes perseverance. But it's essential for us to be able to live in this realm that God is promising us in Ephesians. As a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. Okay, so here's the world, here are believers. Here's the world. 
here are believers. Are we living here? Or are we coming down here? Given to you in your divine calling, with tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another, especially toward those who may try your patience. You got a whole bunch of those, right? Hey, let's be honest. We're probably trying somebody else's patience too, okay? I know we all think we're perfect, but let's all give ourselves a break, okay? Be faithful to guard against the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace, being one body and one spirit, as you were all called to the same glorious hope of divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. The world will try to divide. The enemy understands this one truth. Divide and conquer. We as believers should be more unified and tied together than any other. Why? Because our life isn't built on political policy. Our life is built on the word. Our life isn't built on who's in office, who's not in office. Our life is built on who sits on the throne, who's king of kings and lord of lords, who's our authority in our life, Jesus Christ. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. For we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. I'm going to jump down to verse 16. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together. He's speaking about us. Together, connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively through the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. I would challenge you to go back and read through Ephesians 4 as he discusses the gifts of the Spirit. Ask that the Lord clarify and show you what is my role, what is my spiritual gift that he has input in me to fulfill the body. Again, every believer, hear me when I say this, every believer plays a role in the kingdom of God. Every believer, every believer plays a role. There, are no one, there is no one that is sitting on the bench in, in the Christian walk. There is no one that is sitting up in the bleachers in the Christian walk. All of us are on the court. All of us are on the field. All of us are playing a role. And it's important that every, for the body to function properly, it's important that everybody figures out their role and then plays their role. Figures out their role and then plays their role. There's too many people that are so confused about their purpose, their calling, and then what do we do? We go to this personality test and that personality test, and we get that life coach and this life coach, and we go, and the, the person we go to last is the very one that created us and has infused his purpose and his calling in your life. It's not a mystery to the one who created you. He already knows. And he's just waiting for us to dig in and discover what it is. Because all of us, it says right here that every single one of us have a role and we have a purpose. So with the wisdom given to me by the Lord, I say, you should not live like the unbelievers. Whew. Around you who walk in their empty delusions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. 
Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God because of spiritual apathy, laziness. They surrender their lives to lewdness, impurity, and sexual obsession. But this is not the way of life, uh, not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have already if you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. Folks, you can't just ignore these truths. I know that sometimes the word of God doesn't play well in, 20, in the 20th century. But I will tell you like a friend that the word of God never changes. And the truth never changes. It's the foundation. It's the bedrock. When we, when we steer away from the truth, that's when it leads to chaos. That's when it leads to division. That's when it leads to the depression. And the, all, every, it, that's when it leads to the destruction. The word says that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. What about that sounds like, oh, sign me up for that. Here's what I provide. I kill, I steal, and I destroy. Oh, sign me up for that. Or there's a flip side, and Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. Sign me up for that. Glory. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man and the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Again, you're going to have a really hard time fulfilling your purpose and your calling on your life when the word says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, at some point you're going to have to choose. Are you going to choose God or are you going to choose man? Are you going to choose the kingdom or are you going to choose the world? The Lord says that you cannot be, you, you have to either be a hot or you have to be cold, but lukewarm gets spewed out of the mouth of God. We don't get to have the privilege of choosing, well, I'm going to serve God a little bit here, I'm going to serve the world a little bit over here, this is convenient for me and this is a little bit inconvenient for me. This is where it benefits me. This is where it doesn't benefit me. The word says that we serve a jealous God. We serve a holy God. And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within your new life and live in union with him. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness. And you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth for we all belong one to another, even when there's societal pressure. But don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Wow. And when I read that, when it says, don't let the passion of your emotions, I, you know, I think that that's beyond even fleshly or, 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 or physical sin or sexual sin. The reality is, is that we can all have moments where we get caught up in our emotions and we leave behind the truth. God is saying, don't get lost in your emotions. It'll lead you to sin. Don't let your anger control you or be fueled for revenge. Not for even a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. If any one of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious, earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. Isn't it interesting that it says here that it wasn't, the emphasis isn't on so that you can take care of yourself. 
The emphasis wasn't so that you can have the nicest car and the nicest house and the nicest bed and the nicest clothes. But the emphasis here is so that we could bless those in need. Amen. See, we as believers, we would need a lot, less, uh, a lot less governmental programs if we would walk in the obedience of the word of God. And where we feel led to give, we give. And where we feel led to sow, we sow. And where we feel led to bless, we bless. When there's people in the body that are hurting and in need, they shouldn't have to go anywhere else other than the body. But there's been a breakdown. There's been a breakdown. And now it's about, okay, I know God can do this, and this is God's system, and all that, but I don't know, this worldly system looks a little bit better, and it's a little bit more convenient, and he's not, there's not as many requirements. But understand that in God's perfection, there's a reason why he has these truths. It's because of his love for us. If any one of you has stolen, okay, blah, 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 blah. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. Oh, man, what a self-check. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts. Then encourage others. Could you imagine if that's all we did as believers, if we just encouraged people? And when we're at work and people want to be negative about others, we just shut it down and say, you know what? I'm not going to participate in this. You know, it, it, I think it's so funny that uh, I was... <laughs> I kind of overheard this lady the other day, and she was talking to her friend, and she was absolutely hammering this lady. But she's like, but she's like, you know what, though? I told that lady that I would pray for her. I mean, I really think it's cool that you're praying for her, but I don't think you can have prayer and gossip together. You know what I'm saying? I don't think gossip is prayer. You know, you're emptying this, you've got this dirty, this poor lady's laundry all over the neighborhood. I'm in my front of my house. I can hear the, I mean, the whole neighborhood's hearing this poor lady's laundry, but thankfully this lady's praying for her, you know? Um... Too funny. I just kind of chuckled. Uh, do this by speaking words of grace to help them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Christ Jesus until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. I was thinking about this, that, you know, even as adults, we can have temper tantrums. Because what is a temper tantrum? It's a child that's not getting their way. Many times we as children have tantrums with God. Lay aside every bitter word, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults, but instead be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then you graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters and continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. And have nothing to do with sexual immorality, lust, or greed. For you are his holy ones, and let no one be able to accuse you of them in any form. Guard your speech. Forsake, forsake obscenities and worthless insults. These are nonsensical words that bring disgrace and are unnecessary. Instead, let worship fill your heart and spill in your words. For it has been made clear to you already that the kingdom of God cannot be accessed by anyone who is guilty of sexual sin or is impure or greedy. For greed is the essence of idolatry. How could they accept, expect to have an inheritance in Christ's kingdom while doing these things? Again, Bible's not super convenient in the 20th century, but it's still the Bible. 
and you're not hearing from Lewis right now, you're hearing from Paul. He's the OG, remember. This is the inspired word of God. You can't change it. And guess what? If you want to send me an email, send it to Jesus. <laughs> We're reading the Bible. Don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. Oh, you can live how you want. Mm. This is what brings God's anger upon the rebellious. Don't listen to them or live like them at all. Once your life was full of sin's darkness, but now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with this revelation, light, and the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you, goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. And don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. The very thing that they do in secret are too vile and filthy to even mention. Whenever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct, and everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. This is why the scripture says, hold on a second, what does it say? Whenever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct, and everything that reveals truth is what? Light to the what? Soul. Light does not come through compliance and making people feel good about their sin. We as believers need to stand on truth, and if we walk in love, then we walk in the truth. You cannot forsake one for the other. Love is truth. Truth is love. Arise, you sleeper. Rise from your coffin, and the anointed one shall shine his light into you. So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for are living in the evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have dis, uh, discernment to fully understand God's will. And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. And I got to tell you, being drunk with the Holy Spirit is a whole lot better than being drunk with wine. Not as much of a hangover, I got to tell you. And your hearts will overflow with a joyful song to the Lord. Keep speaking to each other with words of Scripture, singing the Psalms with praises and spontaneous songs given by the Spirit. Always give thanks to the Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And out of your reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. For wives, this means being devoted. 21st century, look out, here we come. To your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord. For the husband provides leadership for the wife. Just as Christ provides leadership for his church as the savior and the reviver of the body. In the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let the wives be devoted to their husbands in everything. And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate the love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. 
Husbands have the obligation of loving and caring for the wives the same way they love and care for their own bodies. And boy, fellas, do we care for our own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body but pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. For this reason, a man is to leave his father and mother and lovingly hold to his wife since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is a beautiful design of the Almighty, a great mystery of Christ and his church. So every married man should be gracious to his wife just as, his great, as he is gracious to himself and every wife should be tenderly devoted to her own husband. Golly, guys, if you're looking for truth in a, in a, in a wild place, in a wild world, it's no further than the word. If you're looking for understanding, if you're looking for what direction, how do, what, what, where do, what, what do I believe in this scenario? The word of God tells us. Every answer you're looking for is in the word of God. Society has been through this generation, through generation, through generation, through generation. And what has continued to prevail above all? The word of God. We've been through constitutions, we've been through Bill of Rights, we've been through this law and that law, we've been through presidents, we've been through kings, we've been through all of it. And this, has, this is what has prevailed. This is what has stayed true. God's imploring, Paul is imploring, he's wanting to encourage the believers to pull their life out of a state of chaos by living on the word of God. If your life is feeling chaotic, it's because you're not standing on the truth. Because I gotta tell you like a friend, as bonkers as the world might get, this will never change. You talk about stability, I need some stability in my life. You look no further. Look no further. I need some joy in my life. Look no further. I need some victory in my life. Look no further. I need some encouragement in my life. Look no further. Stop looking to man. They're going to fail you every time. I know you had that bad relationship. I know you had that bad parent. But every truth you're looking for is right here in the Word of God. Every bit of love you're looking for is right here in the Word of God. Every bit of acceptance you're looking for is right here in the Word of God. You don't have to look any further. You got to live in victory. You don't need to stand in, 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 as a victim. You are now a conqueror through Christ. Yes, you were a victim before Christ, but now that you are a believer, you are on the winning side. He's overcome the world and everything in it. And we have been given the gift and the opportunity to live in that. But it is a choice. God's not going to force us to do it. It is a choice. Wrapping up here. Children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you, and the Lord will help you. I'm sure a parent or two have used that verse, you know. <laughs> For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first ten commandments with a promise attached. Oh, okay. You will prosper. Okay. And live a long, full life, if you honor your parents. Now, let me just say this, because I think that this is important. Some of you will not move on until you forgive. There's a lot of people in your life that have made a lot of foolish decisions out of ignorance, or maybe they even did it out of, or, you know, a carnal nature, a sin nature. They didn't know any better. They're living out their carnality, their wickedness. But we all have an opportunity to be able to walk in the freedom of forgiveness. 
to, to discard the chains of bitterness. Now, you can't do it in your own strength. You're like, there is no way on earth I could do that. I understand that. But you can do it through the strength of God's word. You can do it through God's love in you. Fathers, don't exacerbate. I have no idea what that is. It's got rain of the King James real quick. Pull the word from it. <laughs> Your children, but raise them up with loving discipline and counsel that brings the revelation of our Lord. Those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your heart as though you were working for the master. Always do that which is right, and not only when others are watching, so that you may please Christ as his servant by doing his will. Got to tell you like a friend, God's always watching. Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid. By who? The Lord. I'm just doing it for that bonus check. Man, Jesus got a real big bonus check for you. Whether you are an employee or an employer. And to the caretakers of the flock, I say, do what is right with your people by forgiving them when they offend you. For you know there is a master in heaven who shows no favoritism. Now, I, I say this to those that are leaders to those that are managers, to those that have people under, you will owe it, you're, you're gonna have a big bullseye on you and there's gonna be a lot of people that will attack you and a lot of people that'll misunderstand you and a lot of people that abuse you. That is a part of leadership. It's called servant leadership. It's called being Christ-like. You know, sometimes when, the, when we look at the world's perspective of leadership, we think it comes with a lot of accolade and praise and a lot of pats on the back. But i got to tell you, being a true leader, being somebody that's truly going to lead people into truth, it's going to come with a lot of backstabbing, a lot of gossip. And God is warning us, don't let bitterness fall in. You continue to love those people. You continue to forgive those people. You continue to sow into those people, even when they've done you wrong. Now, beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Most important. Y'all ready? Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. You're only going to be supernaturally infused with strength in relationship with Christ. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power and flowing in you and through you. I'm going to run to the King James on this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against each other. We're not wrestling against this political system and this worldly system. It's all spiritual. It's all about division. It's all about trying to create separation. It's all about breaking up the body of Christ. It's all about us bickering back and forth and, 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 putting, and putting policy above Bible. Amen. We're not wrestling. You know that relationship struggle you're going through? Spiritual. That job situation you're going through? Spiritual. Stop trying to fight it in your strength.
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit and you don't understand the Spirit or the, or the flowing of the Holy Spirit, you don't understand tongues, I challenge you to get into some books and to get into the Word. I grew up not being taught any of that, and it was a huge miss in my spiritual walk. I was taught that it was past, but i got to tell you, it is absolutely alive and well, and we are, we are told by Christ to walk in prayer of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's multiple intercessions, multiple prayers happening at the same time. He says, do it continually. Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. We're meant to pray for each other and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach or through Pastor Jimmy every time he preaches. The wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel. Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with a bold freedom at every opportunity. Even though I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. I got to tell you, there's a lot of things I could have said, but I highly doubt I could have said it as good as Paul. Boy, what an encouragement to us as believers to walk in truth. And then what comes with that walking in truth? It's important that we feed on this, not just on Sundays, but we do it every day. Feeding on his word. It's important that we're prayer, in prayer. Not only with what makes sense in our spirit or in our mind, but also what doesn't make sense. Groanings that cannot be uttered. Praying in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. God's given us a gift, believers. And it's just important that we walk in that truth and walk in that gift. Don't let the world steal it from you. Don't let them. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Every truth, every victory, every challenge that you're, that you're interceding with in your life right now, there is an answer, there's a solution in the word of God. There's an answer, there's a solution in relationship with Christ. So before you pick up the Reader's Digest again, Pick up the Bible. I remember growing up. That was, that was, that was, that was, that was toilet material back then. All right, I was going to be honest with you, all right? I don't know if y'all remember that, but it was that or a uh, country home or something like that, you know? <laughs> you're like seven. You're like, the stuff we read at seven, and we didn't have anything else, right? It was, what, what was mom and dad reading? It's been a pleasure and a joy to be able to share God's word with you today. Uh, let's continue to pray for Pastor Jimmy and Deborah, and just as a friend and somebody that's a fellow believer with you, you know, it's not our pastor's responsibility 
to bring people into the house. That's something that each of us need to take personal responsibility for. That where there is truth preached, that we bring others to that truth. You know, oftentimes, if there's people that are struggling with famine, we're really quick to get them food, which is awesome, right? Which is really good. But I got to tell you, there's a whole lot of people struggling spiritually that are in a famine spiritually. They're anemic spiritually, and they need feed. They need food. They need to be fed. They need an association. There's no better place than to get it right in the body of Christ, in the church. In the church. So let's make sure that we're uh, proactive, inviting others, and bringing other people to the light and into this amazing ministry. So, uh, Lord, thank you so much for uh, your grace and your goodness. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for being unwavering and not being back and forth, and, 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 but just a constant source of stability, a constant source of truth, a constant rock in our lives. You, you, you refer to yourself as a shield. You refer to yourself as a tower. You refer to yourself as a shepherd. You refer to yourself as, as a king and as a, as a priest. Lord, you're everything we need. Thank you for your goodness and your love in us. May we give our lives back as a sacrifice to you, Father. In your holy name, amen.